This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Tuesday, Valentine's Day, February the 14th, 2023. Got a beautiful sunrise coming up this morning. We got some nice pinks and blues and there's a half moon shining down on us. Looks like it's going to be another nice day in the Midwest. Hope you're enjoying your brand new morning today. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. This is the Affirm America podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and put your email address in. We'll send you out a notice when a new episode comes out. These are your top five headlines for this Tuesday, Valentine's Day. Let's start off with headline number five. Death toll from earthquakes in Turkey, Syria reaches 35,000. From NBC News, the death toll from the earthquakes that hit Turkey and Syria past 35,000 Monday as only a handful of survivors were pulled from the rubble more than a week after the disasters that devastated swaths of both countries. Turkey's disaster agency said Monday that more than 31,500 had been recorded killed in that country. The Syrian Health Ministry reported almost 1,400 deaths, and the White Helmets, a volunteer rescue group in rebel-held regions of the country, reported another 2,100 deaths. The death toll was expected to climb. All right, so this is a a a once-in-a-lifetime natural disaster. This is a, a horrible situation in Turkey and in Syria, where the earth just moved and people woke up to a 7.8 earthquake, which brought down over 60,000 buildings, came down. So this is a, uh, a huge humanitarian disaster. And let's just take a moment to pray for those souls. All right, headline number four. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg claims that the construction sites employ too many white workers. From Fox News, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg focused on racial disparities in construction during a Monday conference, claiming that construction sites are not employing local workers in minority communities and outsourcing to white people. During the National Association of Counties conference, Buttigieg urged those in attendance to work with their contractors and community colleges to build a workforce that reflects the community. Throughout Monday's conference, Buttigieg failed to mention the train carrying vinyl chloride, a dangerous colorless gas, and operated by the transportation company Norfolk Southern Railroad, which derailed in Columbiana County, Ohio, on February the 3rd. Myra Flores, silence from the press and the federal government is dereliction of duty to the public. Where is Pete Buttigieg? How will this Ohio train derailment affect our farmers, the nearby population, and our supply chain for Americans? All right, well, I heard uh, Pete Buttigieg at that conference. He was just yucking it up, talking about how great his job is, and he has all these resources He had no mention of what's going on in Ohio with the train derailment. This guy is uh, 
an ideologue. He's more focused on race and sexual identity than he is on what his job description is, which is to take care of the transportation issues around the country. We had the Southwest Airlines debacle. Didn't do very much about that. Now he's yucking it up over at the county conferences and laughing about things. I mean, he's the guy's completely out of touch, and he is derelict in his duties. They still have an issue up there in East Palestine, Ohio, where the train derailed. It's all kinds of health issues. Their livestock is dying. The air is contaminated. You can see orange billows of smoke and chemicals being dispersed into the air. And this guy is just uh, not home, not home, not, not doing his job. That's what you get with these ideologues when you put them into office based on their race or their ideology, and that's exactly what you got with Pete Buttigieg. All right, headline number three. Survey Army recruitment down because of concern for personal safety. If we tell children how America is evil, why would they enlist to defend it? From the National Review, the U.S. Army says wokeness is not a primary driver of its current recruitment struggles after new surveys showed that young people are far more concerned about their safety and about putting their lives on hold if they were to join the force. Last year, the Army fell about 25% short of its goal to recruit 60,000 new soldiers. To find out what is causing the recruitment slump, the Army conducted a series of surveys over four months last spring and summer. Officials said the surveys, which were conducted among 600 respondents aged 16 to 28 per month, found that only about 5% of respondents said wokeness was a deterrent to enlisting. 13% of survey respondents said that they believe that women and minorities will face discrimination in the Army and not get the same opportunities. From the Associated Press, they just don't see the Army as something that's relevant, said Major General Alex Fink, head of Army Marketing. They see us as revered, but not relevant in their lives. Okay, well, this is, um, this is a direct result of messaging coming out of the military. It's really a marketing message, what they're channeling, what they're promoting. They say it's not wokeness, but that's part of it. That's part, definitely part of the reason. It's just the fact that they're talking down. The general public has a disdain for uh, the USA being taught in schools and on campuses. And the next generation, the young people coming up, don't uh, appreciate America. They don't appreciate their freedoms. Therefore, they don't feel the need to put themselves at risk for America because they have a, an image that America is a bad place. So wokeness is just uh, another piece of the puzzle. It's only about 5% apparently in their survey. Could be higher, could be lower. But the fact that the young people coming up don't appreciate their freedoms and they're not willing to fight for them. But also, on the flip side, you have to give them a little bit of credit because the, the way the government has handled military situations like Afghanistan and how they lie to the American public, then there's a mistrust in our government. Therefore, a lot of people don't believe the, the idea of why they go to 
military service or what they're going to be involved in and how they were left behind in Afghanistan and things where they weren't protected and we lost 10 souls during the retreat from Afghanistan. So there's um, a lot of reasons for it. It's a image problem that uh, the U.S. has with our young people. All right, headline number two. Ford to build $3.5 billion battery factory in Michigan using Chinese tech to help build EV fleet. From the Wall Street Journal, Ford Motor Company is investing $3.5 billion to build a battery factory plant in Michigan with help from Chinese contemporary Amperex technology company Limited. The facility, which will be built in Marshall, Michigan, about 100 miles west of Detroit, is expected to create about 2,500 jobs. The automaker said a wholly owned subsidiary would manufacture the battery cells using technology and expertise provided by CATL, the world's largest maker of batteries for electric vehicles. Ford is seeking to boost its domestic EV making supply chain to help it produce 2 million electric vehicles a year globally by the end of 2026. From Financial Times, the licensing agreement with CATL differs from other recent deals struck between car companies and battery makers. The Michigan-based car maker will pay to use CATL's formula to make lithium iron phosphate batteries, a chemistry that is cheaper but less energy dense than today's EV batteries containing nickel, cobalt, and manganese. All right, so uh, looks like there's definitely a big push for EV vehicles. Seeing them coming out more and more, trucks and all kinds of different things, motorcycles all running on electricity. And I'm not so sure it's a good idea to be joint venturing with China on these things. China is not our friends. They are our enemies. We saw how they can cut off our supply chain at a heartbeat. And we're not in a good relationship with them with the recent balloon surveillance and all the issues that's uh, happening now with China and Taiwan and their relationship to Russia as we approach a potential World War III situation that we're currently confronting with Ukraine right in the middle of the mix. This is, uh, this is an issue going forward. And uh, another issue is that we're not so sure that these battery-operated automobiles are the best thing for the environment. They require literally tons of materials, earth materials, to produce batteries. And the pollution, once they're discharged, is not good for the environment. So all the environmentalists should be up in arms right now if they're really uh, serious about global climate change. Or is it just a mechanism for a narrative? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that uh, you still got to make electricity somehow, right? And there's not enough wind power to generate electricity. Coal plants are still the number one driver for electricity. Fossil fuels. And there's not enough solar and there's not enough wind to generate the electricity that we need to run our automobiles. They may be jumping the gun on this uh, technology, but it is what it is. And we have to be careful how we have our relationships with the CCP. All right, headline number one. Biden looks to sell 26 million additional barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. 
From Bloomberg, the Biden administration plans to sell more crude oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, fulfilling budget directives mandated years ago that it had sought to stop as oil prices have stabilized. The congressionally mandated sale will amount to 26 million barrels of crude, according to people familiar with the matter. The sale is in accordance with a budget mandate enacted in 2015 for the current fiscal year, said a spokesman for the Department of Energy. The Energy Department has sought to stop some of the sales required by 2015 legislation so that it can refill the emergency reserve, which currently has about 371 million barrels. After this latest release, the reserve will dip to about 345 million barrels. Newsmax. The department had considered canceling the fiscal year 2023 sale of the 26 million barrels after the Biden administration last year sold a record 180 million barrels from the reserve. All right, so these are all the cockamamie ideas that the Biden administration comes up with. You don't use the strategic oil reserve to sell it off to other countries. The reason why we have the strategic oil reserves is for our national security. But this guy doesn't get that. He cuts our energy production here at home, puts us in a national security risk, and then goes and sells off all of our strategic reserves to other countries for whatever reasons he has, which, who knows? Has he been compromised by the CCP? Probably. What's his motivation? Why is he doing it? It's all this ideology, this climate change ideology, cutting our production here at home putting us in a difficult situation, and putting all the pressure on the American people's backs. That's what you got with Joe Biden. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Tuesday, Valentine's Day. hope you got your Valentine some flowers or a box of chocolates. Take them out to dinner tonight and enjoy this special day for your loved ones. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow on the Affirm America podcast. Have a great day today. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.